Have you enjoyed this series? Man, I'll tell you what, we've got some anointed people in this congregation. My goodness. I have, yes, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this series. You know, every single one of them, I have pulled something that I've really grabbed hold of uh, and applied to my life. I've I've loved it. Uh, Like I mentioned, this is the last week of our series on Abide, and uh, it's, it's one of those things, we've talked about it, but if it's your first time, um, I will uh, share quickly. You know, we came into this summer, and a lot of times summer months can be fun. Uh, they can be crazy. They can be busy. There's a lot going on in summer months, aren't there? We're, we're going on vacation. We're having a blast. We've got the kids home from school, so it's a little extra crazy. Um, and so we, we just have fun, and we're doing, and we're doing, and doing. And we said, coming into this summer season, we, we love all the fun. Nothing's wrong with that. We're going to have a lot of fun ourselves. But we cannot get distracted from our spiritual walk with God. You know, so we intentionally came into it saying, hey, this is, summer's great. Love it. But we are not going to get distracted from our spiritual walk with God. And so we've, we've walked through a lot of different spiritual disciplines uh, devotions, and it has been awesome. And I've got a lot to cover today, um, so just saddle on in. Now I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I can get through this in a timely manner, and I'm hoping that it makes sense once I'm done. Because I told Courtney this morning, I went to bed last night, I had it all flowed out, and then I woke up in the morning, ran through it again. I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. So uh, we're 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 kind of flowing. We're gonna flow a little bit this morning because uh, you know we'll see where it takes us. But I'm excited about it. I know that, and uh, I've been preparing and and uh, getting ready for this for a few weeks now. And I've gathered so much stuff. I think that was part of it. I was just like overwhelmed by all the stuff. But uh, I'm excited to share it with you guys because I think it's something that gets overlooked. Uh, a lot. And uh, I'm excited to share it with you. Now, if you know me, you know that I like my whiteboard, all right? Can you guys see it? Are we good? So um, I I thought we'd start here with uh, the top 10, the top 10. And uh, you guys will probably jump in on this pretty quick. You probably know where I'm heading with this already. But the first one is no other God. All right, I, I, I got some of the uh, crowd already. So we, we know where we're going. Uh, this is the Ten Commandments. God gives them to Moses. He says, hey, top ten, here you go, on a tablet. No other God. No idols. I'm, I'm your God, Right? Don't be making anything else. I'm your God. Anyone got the next one? The Lord's name in vain. So far, these are pretty important. Can we all agree? Important. Next one I'm going to do is honor or obey your parents. 
That's a good one, right? <laughs> Andy can, can attest to this. We just did top 10 uh, a few, few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and Tara and I were like, listen here, all right? You got to, this is what the Bible says, all right? <laughs> Obey your parents. It's important though, right? Like for real, for real, it's important. I think you guys will agree with me on this one. We probably shouldn't murder. We all right? Right? Kind of important. All right? Adultery. We don't want to cheat on the ones that we've made a covenant, long-lasting life commitment to. Right? He tells us this. from It's the top 10. Let's not do that. Let's see. Don't steal. We still good? Like, we can all agree we don't want to steal. We don't want to lie. We don't want to covet or be jealous of all the other people's highlight reels on social media. <laughs> we don't want to do these things, right? These things will lead to a, a world of people that are hurting one another if we don't do this. This was, this was a top 10 that leads to us treating one another the way that God wants us to. He made us all in his image, and he wants us to treat each other with love and respect. And we see this from the beginning. All of this, would you, would you say all of this still applies today? Right? These are very applicable today. It's, uh, it's part of the law, the Ten Commandments, it's part of the law, and we know that that's Old Testament, and that was with the Israelites, but even with the New Testament, the new covenant with Jesus coming, fulfilling the law, these are still ideals that we want to live our life, we should live our life by. Can we agree? Yes. We, don't, we're, we don't have to live by the law to be saved, to spend eternity with him, but these are He's teaching us from the beginning, these are ideals that we want to live our life by. This is a heart posture that we should always have. Number four, remember or obey Sabbath. This one slips through a lot, doesn't it? Obey the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. This one just kind of slides through a lot of times. You know, yeah, we shouldn't murder and everything. We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't lie. We know all that stuff. But obey the Sabbath. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just, we don't have to do all that stuff. But he's teaching us that there is something under here, an ideal that we should still, a heart posture we should still live by when it comes to the Sabbath. No, we don't, have to, we don't have to do it exactly by the law as the law says, no. But there is something under it that we still need to take, we need to apply, we need to live life by. So some of us that have gone to church our whole life, we know exactly what the Sabbath means. We've heard that Sabbath, we know what that means, but not all of us know what Sabbath means. It's not a word we just throw around there every day today. Is it like, hey, remember the Sabbath now? Uh, 
right? So, so what's the Sabbath? What's the Sabbath? So when we look in the Bible, we go back to the very beginning. And we go to creation. Genesis 1, first book of the Bible, we see that God creates. He takes all of the darkness and the disorder with the, the water and the land and the sky and all the disorder that took place. Hello? Um, and, and he begins to create. He brings light. He brings order. And he puts it all together. And it says in Genesis 1, over six days, that he does all of this work to get it to where he wants it. And by day seven, he looks at it and he says, my masterpiece is done. Genesis 2. And so the heavens and the earth were completed. And all their heavenly lights, by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. God shows us from the beginning this practice of rest. Do you think God Almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, needed to rest? No. God worked for the six days, and when he got done, he said, it's complete. It's whole. It's full. No more work needed it is done. I've completed it. And he rested. He is showing us how we need to do the same and apply the same to our life. So in, in Genesis 2 here, we see two different Hebrew terms that help explain or describe what Sabbath rest is and means. The first one is Shabbat. And we see that in verses two and three where he talks about, we just read through it, where he rested. And Shabbat means to stop or cease. That's what it means. Just stop, cease from whatever you're doing, your crazy, busy life, and just Stop. Be still. When we scoot down, God then creates man. He creates Adam. He places him in this paradise, this garden that he's created that is whole and beautiful and complete. And in verse 15, God says he, it, it, the Lord took God, or sorry, then the Lord, God took the man and put him or rests him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and tend it. This is where the second term for Sabbath or rest comes into play. This is, I'm going to get my phlegm in here. Nuach. Nuach is this uh, second term 
that we see in the Hebrew that is helping describe what this Sabbath rest means. And this means to dwell or settle or get this, abide in. So God shows us we are to Shabbat so that we can nuach. We are to stop our craziness so that we can dwell in his presence. See, he created Eden, this perfect garden, this paradise, and he placed Adam in it. And Adam was in the full presence of God, and he dwelled in it. This is the practice that from the beginning, God shows us that he wants us to do. He wants us to stop so we can dwell with him. When we do this, it's amazing how when we create space for him, time and space for him, that he will fill it. And it's always, you know, it's always the most amazing time when you really do this because this is when you feel like you're, you're just kind of like commun- communicating and, and hanging and flowing just with God. This is where, you know, you begin to, the Holy Spirit can begin to kind of speak to you and lead and guide you. Hey, you know, he'll put people kind of in your mind like, hey, you know, you should probably reach out to so-and-so. Might give you something very specific to do. And then you do it. And it comes very clear that it was a God thing because then they they will tell you, and like, I needed that. Like, I was just thinking about that. You know what's crazy? I was just thinking about that. And then you reached out to me. And then it's amazing because then there's this confirmation that that was God. God is real. My faith is built. I want more of him. You know, it's amazing when we create space, he will fill it. He will fill it. But we see that uh, even though Adam and Eve are put in this paradise. They make a mistake, don't they? They make a mistake. They've got all the garden, but the one thing they're not supposed to do, they end up doing it. And that's just like us, isn't it? It's like, you tell me I can't do that? Well, you watch and see. You watch and see. Tell me I can't do that. And sure enough, they go. They take up the one thing they're in paradise. They've got an abundance of options. And they take the one thing they're not supposed to. They fall back and they send, they send mankind back into this disorder. They're taken out of the garden of this whole, complete, perfect paradise. And now they're kicked out of the garden and they're back into this disorder where mankind is now back struggling fighting, working hard, cultivating. 
And then we see that God ends up wanting to restore things. And he starts to work with this family, becomes the Israelites. He says, you know what? I want to work with this family. I see that they've got something in them. They've got something in them that they, they, they're ready to go into action. They're going to trust me. And so they start, he starts working with the Israelite families, but they find themselves in slavery in Egypt. For over 400 years, they are in slavery, working to death, literally, in Egypt. Their whole worth, everything about them is simply how many bricks, how much building can you get done to build this Egyptian empire? And so they work and work and work to death. If they don't produce enough, they're put to death. It's just they are enslaved to their work. The Hebrew word for slave here is enslaved. Enslaved to their work. Does anyone feel like they might be able to relate to that? See, culture, culture says taking a rest is weak. <laughs> if you're not grinding and hustling, you ain't got no time for sleep. You got to grind, you got to hustle. There's no time for rest. If you're resting, you're weak. So we become enslaved to our work. We can't stop thinking of all the things that we've got to do, can we? <laughs> we can't. We can't. I, I would lay in bed for over an hour because my stinking brain would not stop thinking of all the things that I've got to do. Anyone relate with me? We become enslaved to work. Last year, I was, uh, I was in this place where um, I was just trying to grind and, and make things happen. I was working my full-time gig at the bank. Um, I was here leading at the church, doing whatever I could possibly do, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good father. I, uh, I knew God called me to ministry seven years prior. So I'm working two side hustles to try to get to a place where I can provide for my family so that I can stop my nine to five so that I can be in ministry. And so this is where I am last year. I've got all of these things going on. I'm running, 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 running because I've got to provide for my family. I've got to provide for my family. I have to provide for my family. 
And then fall, or February, sorry. Well, sorry, last fall, I, I got to a place, I didn't even realize it. I, I honestly didn't. Um, but I got to this place of burnout. I didn't even realize it. I was just, uh, all of a sudden, my, I didn't have the same energy. I didn't feel like myself. I'm starting to feel like this like mental depression that I've never had before. I'm just like, I don't even feel like myself. And I didn't realize it. I really didn't. It just happened. And, um, and looking back now, I could see that I just got to this place of burnout. And Tara and I, we got to thinking, man, we used to do family Sabbath on Friday nights. And throughout this season, it just kind of faded away because I was so busy trying to get all the things done. And I realized we stopped Sabbath. And we implemented Friday night family Sabbath again. And would you believe just one evening of Sabbath, I became restored again. Just one evening where as a family, we come together, we order in some food, we sit at the table, we talk, we talk about God or we talk about family values, godly traits that we want our family to have. We have fun, we play games, we watch movies, we laugh, we have a great time. Just one evening of that then led to me being able to sustain what God was created me and called me to do. Because we began to practice again this rest. I hear breathing, and I, and I like it. I like it because it's like, whew. I feel like we all kind of need that, right? We get in this just constant go, go, go. And we just need to take a breather. In order to do it, though, in order to do it, we've got to begin to truly trust in God. We got to truly trust that He will provide. We got to truly trust that He will come through. And I'll tell you, it's amazing to see in my own life when I do exactly that. He always comes through. And it tends to be more so than I even expected. And it's just amazing because he's like that. See, when we look back to the Israelites, uh, they get liberated out of Egypt. They go through the Red Sea. They're free. It takes about three days for them to start complaining again, though. (laughs) They're free from over 400 years of slavery And it takes them three days to start complaining again because now they're thirsty. Now they're hungry. And so God hears their cry. He says, okay. And he starts providing them this manna, this bread from heaven. Like he just provides it to them. And he says, all right, here's the deal. I'll provide this manna. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to provide a day one. I'm going to provide a day two. I'm going to provide a day three, four, five. He says, now only take one day worth. You got to trust me on this. Take one day's worth. And so he said, if if you don't, it ain't going to be any good anyway. And sure enough, we greedy people 
try, we try to take more than one day, and sure enough, just like God said, it ain't going to be any good. And then day six rolls around, and he says, all right, now here's the deal. Day six, I'm gonna, you got to pull two days worth because on the seventh, we're resting. And he provides two days worth on day six so that they can rest day seven. And you know people, that they were trying to get it on day seven too. But God provided for them. He provided for them that they, they would sustain them even on day seven when they rested, when they didn't go out and try to control things and they didn't try to go out and take matters into their own hands. God provided for them. He's amazing, isn't he? I think um, sometimes, you know, we, uh, there's, there's two different people groups. I'm going to be really honest with you guys now. <laughs> when I was preparing for this, uh, I said that like I'm not always honest with you, so I don't know. What the <laughs> um, there's, there's two people groups that as I was preparing for this that kept coming to mind. One is the one that I've been drilling so far is we get in this rat race, we get going and going and going, and we don't take time to stop, Shabbat, cease, and just rest with him. And then there's another people group that um, may not be happy with life as it is today they may not feel like they have made enough impact. They may not feel like they have enough provision. Uh, they, don't, uh, they, they don't like life's circumstances. They always find themselves struggling. And so, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, so there's this, there's this group of people that truly needs, you, you have too much going on. You're too busy. You need to stop and chill. There's another group that this, that is not an excuse to sit back and not work. It said that God worked for six days. It said that the Israelites worked for six days. There is godly principle in diligence of working hard. We glorify God in how we work as well. So there's this, there's this two people group, right? I, I think sometimes, uh, sometimes there are people that are really busy, too much going on. And I find myself in both categories at different stages of, of life, right? So too busy, too much going on, need to chill, pump the brakes. And then there's a people group that uh, maybe even kid ourselves that we're too busy. We, we may even, because culture, like the cool thing to say is, yeah, just too busy, man, just too crazy, too much going on. But, but like we need to have like a real heart check and say, hey, am I being a steward a good steward of what God has created 
for me, called me to? Uh, am I stepping into that? All right, so I'll, I'll step back now. But uh, I, I feel like there's these two, two different people groups that as I was preparing for that is like, hey, you might be running on fumes and really need to chill, but you also, you may need to just step in and, and, and pursue and, and be more diligent in what God has given you to work with. But either way, either way, we must trust God because he can do more through you in six days than you can do with seven. Okay? So back to, how am I doing? Oh, gosh. All right. This is, the, all right, I'm a numbers person, all right? So I geek out about that kind of stuff. And so I love this example because it's real life today. This is what we see. Anyone love Chick-fil-A in the house? All right, Jesus, chicken, all right. So, so we see here, um, this is a perfect example, real life, of how God works when we honor him, okay? So uh, there are, we got McDonald's, we got Starbucks, okay? Like the big guys, right? Like the, the big fast food restaurants, these are the top, right? And then we got Chick-fil-A. Thank you, Jesus. All right? So McDonald's, their revenue last year, 23.4 billion, okay? All right? Starbucks, 34 billion, all right? Now, McDonald's, they have somewhere between 38 and 40,000 locations, okay? 40,000 locations across the world. Starbucks has... 37, about 37 and a half locations, okay? That's a lot. All agree? A lot of money, a lot of locations. And so uh, McDonald's is about per restaurant per year, they revenue about 600,000 per location, you guys with me? Anyone else numbers person? All right, thank you. Uh, I feel a little better. All right, so then Starbucks, per location, they're just under, um, they're just under a million per location. All right? Chick-fil-A, here we go. Chick-fil-A. 12.2 billion, okay? 12.2 billion. Any guesses on how many locations? 20,000, what did I hear over here? 10,000? 2,800. 2,800. Per location, 
4.3 million. What's crazy is that includes mall locations. So if we strip it down to just like the freestanding drive-through like Chick-fil-A's, the whole restaurant, that brings it down to 1,900 locations, 1,925, which puts it at $8.7 million per location on a standalone. So listen to this. Chick-fil-A makes more per restaurant than McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway combined. And then get this. Don't know if you know this. They're closed on Sunday. Closed on Sunday. I thought about playing Kanye's closed on Sunday. That's my Chick-fil-A. All right. Uh, Don't know if you know this. Sunday is a weekend. And weekends are biggest revenue days for restaurants. All of that doesn't make any sense, right? Closed on Sunday. Look at how much more they are doing. On their website, the CEO of Chick-fil-A says, we are closed on Sunday so that we can rest and worship. On their website. (laughs) When we let God and we give him control and we trust in him, this is a real life example of what he can do through six days versus us trying to do it all in seven. But I trip myself up in this all the time. I was just talking to friends about this yesterday or the day before. Too many times I focus on trying to make impact. I want the results. I want to bear the fruit, right? I'm focused on on the end result when what he is saying is stop, dwell with me, abide in me. And when you do that, the byproduct is that I will bear fruit through you. Our focus has to be presence with him. We must create space to abide and dwell in him. So we've, we've had a whole series on this, right? We've had a whole series on abiding in him. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about reading the Bible. We've talked about speaking his words. We've talked about fellowship. We talked about all of these things. Sabbath or the practice of rest is one of those that kind of helps lead to many of those things, right? Where we must rest in order for us to do those things. Uh, The men's group on Thursday morning, we just talked about Thursday. Um, This this topic kind of came up, and 
the guy that does the podcast, uh, he said that he was challenged by his mentor to um, go to a lake for eight hours and just bring a lunch and a Bible. And this guy in the podcast was like, man, I don't know about that. Like, that's just eight hours? Like, what am I going to do <laughs> just sitting at a lake for eight hours? And he said it, it took about half the time, about four hours, before he finally got outside of all the crazy in his head to where he then began to dwell in the presence of God. And he, he then, he said, it changed my life forever because I felt like I then created that space to, to dwell in his presence to where I could feel him there. I could hear him clearly. It was this picture that has lasted with me because I'm like, man, that kind of sounds amazing to just like go to a lake and just like, just be, just be still. Tara and I just got away for a, a trip for our 15-year anniversary just a few weeks ago, and we were at the, the beach, and I was laying there, and um, Tara's like, you want to listen to anything? And I was like, no. I laid there intentionally just to, like, talk to God, just to, to, I was closing my eyes, and I was just talking to him. And it got to this place where finally... <laughs> Same with us. It took us a minute to like really chill. But I got to this place where, guys, I felt like I was just laying out on this beach and I just felt like God was just chilling with me. Do you need peace in your life? Because I'll tell you, it was the most peaceful time. I just felt like I was chilling with God right there with me. The worship team can come back up. I've got just a couple quick, quick more thoughts here, but um, when, when the Israelites, manna is provided, and, and then we get to the law where God gives them the law, he gives them the commandments. And um, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it says that uh, he's commanding them, keep the Sabbath day, treat it as holy as the Lord your God commanded. For six days you shall labor, do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath for the Lord. You shall not do any work. You are your son, your daughter, your male slave, female slave, your employee, your debtor, your, or your ox, your donkey, cattle, the resident who stays with you, everyone essentially needs to rest. And you shall remember, this is the part here, and you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by the mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to celebrate the Sabbath. 
God took them out of bondage of slavery, and he says, hey, part of this Sabbath rest, I want you to remember what I brought you from. I want you to celebrate. I want you to celebrate what I've brought you from. You were a slave in Egypt, working, enslaved to work. Let me tell you, you were a slave to sin. And Jesus came and he liberated you. He liberated me. So that we can one day look to eternity with him in his full presence. You know, Jesus came into the picture and he, he busted his ministry into the public on Sabbath. And he read from the scrolls, from the prophet Isaiah. And he announced, hey, <laughs> I'm the guy. And he said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And we see that Jesus practiced Sabbath. He did some things differently, though, didn't he? The Pharisees were on him. You're not supposed to heal. No, like, is the Sabbath for good or bad? Jesus starts to break down the purpose, the ideal behind the law. Jesus says, hey, every day, this becomes an everyday thing where we are to trust him and rest in him, rest in his presence. It all points back to, back to the Garden of Eden because because of Jesus, he has made a way for us to return back to that paradise, to that presence, full presence of him, Are you thankful for him? Yes. Can you guys stand to your feet real quick? If you haven't already made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, in this spending eternity with him, which is what Sabbath part of Sabbath is, is to practice the eternal rest that we will have with him. But if you want to commit your life to him right here, right now, I just want to give you an opportunity. All you have to do is just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I, I believe that you died on a cross for my sin because I am a sinner and I need you as my savior that he died, you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the grave and now your resurrection power can live in me. I give my life to you. You are Lord of my life. I now follow you. I'm done trying things my way. You are Lord of my life and I commit to you. You can, say, you can commit to all of that right now in your heart. So let's close our eyes.
And in this moment, just speak to him right now. If you want to make that commitment, it's your, it's your decision. It's your heart. I promise you it's the best decision that you can make. But Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. You are so good. And, and God, I am so grateful that you have showed us from the beginning that when we stop and we cease and we stop the madness, that we can dwell with you in your presence. And Jesus, that you would go to a cross for me, little old me, 2,000 years ago, that you died on a cross for my sin, that you then rose from the grave, that we can live in you, with you for eternity. Help us, God, to apply this. Help us to truly Shabbat, to stop. Help us to dwell with you in your presence. We want to celebrate what you have done and what you have brought us from. Help us to rest. In Jesus' name, we give it to you.